Please listen carefully. And now, live from some soapboxes on a street corner in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two of the loudest mimes you've ever heard, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. Mikey over here. And today we continue our series, Head of the Helm. Head of the Helm. So, Head of the Helm, the past couple episodes where we picked our ship. Yep. And we picked our pilot of the ship. We did. That's where we've gotten so far. We have a ship and we have someone to fly it. Now we need someone to fix it. Yes, we do. So we're going to pick our favorite sci-fi engineers and ultimately the one that will be in the engine room of our ships. Yes. So you have the Star Trek Voyager. I do. And I, Starship Voyager, Star Trek. USS Voyager? From Star. Yes, from Star Trek Voyager. And I have the Normandy SR-1 from Mass Effect. There you go. So Mikey, engineers, what do you got? I'll start it off because you let us off nice up front. So we'll start with third picks, second understudies. I don't know. Third pick sounds right. Uh, my third pick is is a is a fan favorite and a personal favorite, but ultimately wouldn't cut it. But we'll get into it. Uh, my <laughs> pick for third is going to be Doctor Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. Marty, Marty, great Scott. We've got to go back. To the future. <sighs> yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Doc Brown is a pretty iconic character. <laughs> he is. Uh, from the Back to the Future trilogy, obviously, from the late 80s, early 90s. But he is an inventor. He is a gadgeteer. He is a maintainer of unique and one-of-a-kind instruments and machines. Mm-hmm. His most notable machine is the Time Machine, mm-hmm. which is the DeLorean, mm-hmm. uh, featuring its flux capacitor and all that good jazz. Doc Brown as a character is great. He will go to great lengths to make sure that situations are resolved and corrected. He's very supportive of the people he takes with him. He's very cooperative. He always, you know, he knows how to bring a team together. Mm-hmm. But the the funny part, the part I love about Doc Brown, but the part that ultimately kicks him off that my sci-fi team is that he's sort of the absent-minded professor. He's definitely the absent-minded professor. So he's like like a Jerry Lewis, but with an Einstein brain. <laughs> Fun to watch, but I think that could be perilous to my crew. So that, that's the explanation for the third spot. But beyond that, I mean, it's hijinks every time Doc Brown comes around. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he exclaims, great Scott. He fills his car up with banana peels and old coffee grinds. And, you know, he can make things work, but not necessarily he can make his brain work all the time. So I love you, Doc Brown. You're a little bit aloof for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to have you in a comfortable third. <laughs> he might. He could make the Voyager time travel, I guess. He or could. Something. He, and, and he's good with all those time anomalies. He'd be comfortable traveling in space because he is adept mm. at time travel, but I, I, I think his, his wackadoodleness is putting his him a little... wackadoodleness. ...is putting him a little too off-center off for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, that is definitely an iconic character yes. in fandom. It is. I love the Back to the Future movies. You and me both. Terrific stuff. Adventure extraordinaire, Doc Brown. So my... <laughs> My my number three is very obscure. Let's do it. I pulled it from the Star Wars books, Ooh. both canon and legends. Nice. It's a fellow named Wraith Sanar. Wraith? Or, or Wraith Sinar. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce it because I've only read it. <laughs> it is one of those words. You read it, but you don't know how it sounds. I got you. 
he is uh, an engineer and starship designer. He was uh, brought back into canon by James Luceno in the Tarkin novel, which is a really oh, good yeah, novel. Yeah. And if people didn't know, the when they made these new Star Wars movies, they got rid of all of the the stuff that was books of what happened after yes. the original trilogy. Yep. So that stuff's called Legends now. A lot of people were grumpy that that got taken out. <laughs> but they have been pulling things fan favorite and nice things from Legends and adding them back into canon. Oh, that's cool. So the TIE Fighter is made by Sinar Fleet Systems. Okay. And Wraith Sinar is the owner and founder of Sinar Fleet Systems. So you're saying he's the inventor of the TIE Fighter? He is. He invented the TIE Fighter. That is amazing. So he is an engineer, and he could do it. But the main problem with him is why he's three. Well, first of all, I want to talk about books. Yep. Uh, but and he has in the in the legend stuff. I mean, if you go to Wikipedia and look at his legends mm-hmm. section, it goes on forever. <laughs> he was used so much in legends books and comics and all this kind of legend stuff because I guess they figured that in one of the the vehicle books uh-huh. it says the Tie Fighters denied by Sainar Flight Systems, and I guess someone got the idea of like who is this guy who oh. designed the tie fighter and so they took they the name and run ran, with it yeah ran oh, with it that's awesome so he wasn't gone they brought him back uh james lucina brought him back in tarkin um he's mostly just mentioned but he's still he has the same role that he had before okay so you can almost kind of assume most of that legend stuff still applies even though they haven't added it in yet yeah they've considered it no longer canon but you know he is a wealthy kind of genius but evil sort of yeah i was gonna I was, yeah i was gonna say because if he's inventing tie fighters that ships for the bad guys quote unquote right so. the bad guys and you could just say he's just doing business but and the big but is he does a lot of stuff <laughs> like um he's supposed to have and this is all canon now he's supposed to have designed palpatine's luxury craft ah the imperialist yes and he's a really good friend with moff tark grand moff tarkin <laughs> good good buddies with him and he's supposed to, have a, yeah, supposed to have had a hand in designing Tarkin's flagship, which is in the new canon books. Tarkin's flagship is called the Carrion Spike. The Carrion Spike. That's, that's intense. That's, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if Wraith was responsible for naming it, because that seems like a, a bad guy in business name, but that's awesome. So, first of all, I love Star Wars. Yep. And, and I just kind of wanted to talk about Wraith CNR a little bit, just because... It's neat to me, even though his Wikipedia entry is tiny now mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot, but it's neat to me that they're still honoring this stuff in Legends. And it seems like over time, most of the stuff's going to be folded back in. Like they brought back Grand Admiral Thrawn. That's true. Because he was popular and he got pulled out. So there's a lot of stuff. Like there's some stuff that's never going to come back. True. I don't, well, I don't, (laughs) well, I mean, they still could do it. Who knows what's going to happen in this last movie? You know, the solo, the, the solo twins don't exist, but who knows if something good happens in the movie, maybe, maybe if the ship happens that people like, maybe Ray and Kylo get together and have their own solo twins and they'll be named the solo twins names. What were the solo twins names? Do you know? I think it's like Jason and. I don't think I've ever heard of the solo twins. That's why. Oh man, people are like calling me on the card. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read tons of the extended universe stuff. Okay. I read like the X-wing stuff. Yep. And I read some of the 
the the stuff that was the uh, the background character stuff, yeah, and anthologies and stuff, Kevin J. Anderson and all that kind of stuff. I but, got you, but I never really got into. Maybe that's why I was fine with the sequels because a lot of people who are angry about the sequels were angry that they got rid of that. Gotcha. So well, I mean, I'll say I'll say this: you're adding perspective to me because I thought they did like a sweeping band wave of old stuff just because they were like, "This is wrong and bad." But it's just sort of it was. It seems more like them putting it to the side so they can bring it back in a way that makes sense with what they're building. Right. It wasn't that it was wrong and bad. It's that their hands were tied because yeah. they had fully extended everything that happened with the original trilogy characters. Gotcha. For years upon years upon years That's upon true. years upon years. So. They had to get rid of all that stuff. It's cool that they're making the effort to bring it back, though. Yeah. That, that's awesome. And Wraith, man, there's a great name. That's a that's a good third pick. I dig it. And he's a ship designer. I wonder what... Mm-hmm. You'd almost have to go with a new ship and have him just build you one, but then you'd probably end up with a ship named Carrion Spike, <laughs> which would set up all your quests for the future. But that's awesome. So, third pick's out of the way. We move on up to the east side. No. To the second picks. Um, I did pick a ship from Star Trek. I am a big Trekkie as I'm coming out, coming to find out more and more. The more I watch it and go back through it, I'm like, oh, I kind of love Star Trek. So with that in mind, I had to go, I had to pick my brain to figure out which Star Trek engineer do I want. Mm-hmm. Can't pick an engineer from Voyager because them's the rules. Voyager's my ship. So shout out to Seven of Nine and Bellana Torres. You're awesome, but I already picked your ship. Ship's a little better than you. Apologies. <laughs> So I'm going to go back two iterations of it, and we're going to go to Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, that's the one I watched all of. And I'm going to pick Engineer Lieutenant Commander Geordi LaForge. Yes. Yes. Of course, Geordi LaForge. If the name doesn't strike a bell, you probably recognize him as the character with the visor over his eyes. LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton, the, the great and powerful. Oh, so good. I love that guy anyway. Oh, and that's half the reason for the pick. Roots, Reading Rainbow, Reading Rainbow. Uh, uh, did you watch that as a kid? I did. So Take good. a look. It's in a book. Reading, Reading Rainbow. Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go anywhere. I know. And to uh, uh, here's my cheesy rationalization for why Geordi LaForge comes out on top of all other Star Trek engineers is because I'm counting that LeVar Burton reading Rainbow History. So he's a big reader. Like, he's smart in Star Trek, but he's also smart in real life. So mm-hmm. just that's just world knowledge. That's just all bundled <laughs> up into the greatness that is LeVar Burton. So I'm including that into Geordi LaForge person on my ship. Uh, that means he disqualifies Scotty from the original series, as well as Miles O'Brien. The uh, I don't know if you ever watched it. Why would he even disqualify Scotty? Scotty's the engineer, though. I know, but that's a different series. Oh, I know, but like in my pick, I because I'm just I I pick Jordy LaForge over Scotty. I'm just oh, saying, eliminated see. from my list, not I because see. of disqualification. I see. But I did pick him over Scotty, and I did pick him over Miles O'Brien. Miles O'Brien was close because he's Irish. He's a good old boy like I am. <laughs> but obviously, in the end, Jordy LaForge won out. Um, I learned today, though, I didn't know visor, because he wears a visor. I didn't know visor was an acronym. Did you know that was an acronym? I actually did. <laughs> Do you know what it stands for? Uh, visual something something. <laughs> visual instrument and sight organ replacement. Oh, yeah. Visor. That's great. <laughs> um, but it's cool. There's It takes a little bit into the next generation to get into it, but there are some shots in the show where you get to see the world through how Jordy sees it. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. It's like a Terminator heads-up display kind of right. thing because his visor allows him to see the entire electromagnetic spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it translated into data through his little nodes on his brain. Mm-hmm. Ugh, intense and sci-fi. But 
that seems perfectly suited for space travel, mm-hmm. just going into the universe because there's going to be things that humans don't perceive. Mm-hmm. And now Jordy, with his equipment, is essentially extra human. So uh, that's a nice little perk. Plus, Jordy's just cool. He's a great engineer. He's super smart, very quick with his smartness, knows technical solutions to problems that arise because Enterprise had a problem that come up, you know, once a week, every week for seven seasons. So Jordy had to take part in that. So good problem solver. But the last thing that I love Jordy LaForge for is he's also a good at just human ambassador. His best friend in the next generation is Data, who mm-hmm. is an android. Yep. And Data's learning how to be human. And his main guide through humanity is Jordy LaForge. Mm-hmm. And he does his best to steer his friend Data through all the obstacles. And that just it shows how good of a person Jordy LaForge is in retrospect. So props to you, LeVar Burton, Jordy LaForge, your visor's. Almost coming with me. You have one person that's better than you, but you're a high, high second pick. Yeah, that's that's the um, one. I, I don't know if it was peer pressure because all my friends were super into it. Yeah. But I think that actually, I think that the next generation overall of all of them, other than the original series, yes, is probably the most well rated, most popular. Oh, as and far most as watched. Most yeah. watched. That's what I yeah. mean. Because yeah. it, it was definitely the it was definitely one of the peaks of Star Trek yeah. was Next Generation as it should be because the whole series is great yeah it's really good it's not just Jordy LaForge that's the good character in that crew they did a really good job rounding out that whole crew so so to roll back once I remembered in my brain Uh-oh. it's Jason and Jaina Solo there you go thank you Jason and Jaina Solo I like it I was I, I knew I was wrong my brain was saying Jada and I knew that wasn't right. That's great. I'll tit for tat you one of these. Oh. Um, I forgot I couldn't take Doc Brown on my spaceship either because he has kids, and I didn't want to take him away from his life. He started with Clara Clayton in the <laughs> Wild West. But did you know they gave his kids names? I didn't know no? uh, Doc Brown's kids has names. His, one of his kids is Jules, and the other kid is Vern. Vern. <laughs> uh, I think I knew that. I think I knew that. Jules and Vern. Wonderful. Yes. But Our, that means you got to give me your second pick. My second pick. Here, because I like it, her, but also is in Mass Effect, which is my ship is from, <laughs> and technically is in two and maybe three, and I picked a ship from one that was a little bit in two. Gotcha. So I don't know. But anyway, it's my number two, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, by the way, Mass Effect spoilers. The thing about Mass Effect and one of the things that makes that game great yes, is that it's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure and stuff can go different ways oh, depending yeah, yeah, yeah. on your playthrough. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of spoilers because it depends on how, but it also depends on how you play it. It could be a completely different story for somebody else. So I actually had to like look look back and see what could happen because oh. what happened for me uh-huh. is different than what can happen for other people depending on the decisions you make and what happens in the game. But did what happened to you shape your pick for today? Sure. Oh, cool. So anyway... Here's so spoilers for Mass Effect. It's been out forever. So my second pick is uh, Gabriella Gabby Daniels for Mass Effect Two and maybe Three. Okay. So uh, Mass Effect uh, Two, there's a Lazarus project okay. that resurrects Shepard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's done by this group called Cerebus, which oh. isn't part of the Alliance, which is the main thing. And basically, the whole crux of Two is you're trying to figure out if these guys are good or evil. Yeah, and you, what their play is and what's going on. You only know their presence. You don't know their end goal. Right, and that they resurrected you. Okay. And they gave you a new Normandy, the SR2, which I didn't pick, which is bigger and... Faster, stronger? Basically. <laughs> it looks too much like a luxury liner to me. 
Uh, that's I why that we talked about that earlier. So uh, Gabby Daniels is a service operative who's in the engineering aboard the Normandy SR2. She's an engineer. She works there with her best friend, Kenneth Donnelly. And they're both there on the engineering deck together. And it's it, it's fun because those characters that don't come with you on missions, they're just on, on the ship. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you can go talk to them or you can walk by them and hear them talking to each other. Gotcha. And she was always getting on him because he's always making comments about like <laughs> like kind of sexist comments if there's like... One of the if you bring a new character on board who's female, he'll uh-huh. be like, "Hey, did you see that?" You know, she'd be like, "Stop it, Kenneth!" <laughs> uh, and she's always getting on him about his obtuse comments, his sexist comments. Just funny. There's a little comedy going on there. Nice banter, I got you. And of course, the, all the crew members on there, they can give you like a mission. She gives you a mission to find an upgrade for the ship. Yeah, I need it's, parts. Yeah, it's that type of thing. I like it. Uh, but the crux of it, and the thing that really gets you is. If you spend time in the game talking to the characters and stuff, mm-hmm. this is one of those games where you can either talk to them a lot or not at all. Okay. But if you talk to them a lot, you get to know their whole story, and they tell you a whole thing. You can ask them questions, and they tell you. You get to know their whole backstory. Yeah, Mass Effect goes deep. Yeah, so it's super deep. So you sit there, and if you play it like I do, and you like <laughs> to go through the things, and you get to know them and stuff, Nerd. It, makes a, <laughs> I know, right? it makes a huge impact because what happens, and here's the spoilers, at the climax of the game, you're you're fighting the the collectors. You find there's this aliens groups collectors, okay. and they invade your ship. And it's oh man, it's such a good part of the game because they're on your ship and everything's going crazy and stuff. And they they it. abduct a whole bunch of your crew, and she's oh, one of the boo. crew that gets abducted. Boo! So you're sitting there, and if you spend the time to get to know her or any of your crew members, yep. Once they get abducted by these guys, and what they do, what they're doing to people is they're turning them into paste. To like power, like Soylent Green. Yeah, but they're to power like their machine, or I forget, oh. I don't remember. There's like this bio thing, and they need they collect. Oh, it's weird. That's it's crazy. Weird. It's crazy. cool. Super sci-fi. Weird craziness. So you go to rescue her, and if you if you don't rescue them in time, she can die. Oh no, she gets turned into paste. Yeah. Oh. So what can happen is if if she dies, mm-hmm. then what happens in Mass Effect 3 is Mass, the game actually looks at the data from what happened in 2. Uh, and if any, this is so cool that they did this. Cool. So if she's if she died in 2, she ain't in 3. Your failure carries And over. you have like sad Kenneth there without <laughs> his best friend. Poor Kenneth. But that didn't happen to me. I had to look that up because yep. I actually managed to save her. Nice. So when I played 3, she was there with Kenneth and the ship once you... Because what happens is you end up getting back with the alliance and become a specter again, okay. and you get to because that specter status is like the ultimate primo. I can get acquire what I need to uh, save yeah, the yeah. universe. Gotcha. You can basically get these people out who were in jail because they're Cerebrus operatives, and yeah. be like, "Well, no, I need them." <laughs> I so, saved them from last game. They're mine. Yeah, so you can get her out and stuff. And the neat part, there's not much more to it. She's just down there with Kenneth, mm. but. You can encourage them to get into a relationship with each other. Oh, nice. Because that that was always bantied about. You could tell. Yeah. That's why she was getting mad at him for making comments about mm-hmm. other girls. It was like sitcom setup. I get it. Right. But the, it's fun because if you encourage them to get together, then later on you'll go down there and they won't be there. And you'll be like, what's going on? You'll look around and you can find, you can catch them. Oh, no. <laughs> that's deck. great, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's good on Mass Effect. That, that They go deep and they go complex and mm-hmm. give you a lot of choices, and that's fun. So Gabby is your second pick? Yep. Sounds Gabriel like a great Gabby pick. Gabby Daniels. 
Very nice. Gabby Daniels, we salute you. And kudos to Kevin for saving you for Mass Effect 3 and not letting <laughs> you get turned into paste. Kudos to Kevin. But if that is your second pick, then dun, 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 we have come to the head of the helm. First picks for engineers. So, first pick, the man that I am taking on my ship. Uh, after looking through all these choices and thinking about crews in general, I've kind of come to a rough guess that my crew is going to be made up of misfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, <laughs> the, yeah, I know. Surprising. You're a misfit? I am a misfit. But not only am I a misfit, I was realizing that I really like that. Trope. I say that lovingly, by the way. I say it as well. <laughs> I, I am an admitted misfit. Um, but I realized it when I was looking at, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and all these different space, like sci-fi tropes, and I really like the sort of band together resistance army that's sort of grouped together rather mm-hmm. than like the military squadron. That's just my bread and butter. So with that in mind, my first pick for engineer for my ship is going to be a guy named Amos Burton, who is the mechanic and one of the soldiers on the Rosinante from The Expanse. Oh, hey. Yep, bringing it back. I mentioned The Expanse and the Rosinante mm-hmm. in our ship episodes. Yep. Uh, the Expanse is a TV show currently, but is also based on a book, a series of books called The Expanse Series, uh, done by James S.A. Corey, which is two authors, Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham. But great story all the way through. I won't ruin it too much by telling you about this character because I encourage people to go check it out, either the show or the book. But Amos Burton is a misfit. He is qualified to be on the ship that he's on. He's a great mechanic. He's great with a weapon. He's great with problem solving. He's great in a pinch. But... Amos Burton was sort of has a dark, mysterious past. They never allude to it too much, but the hints you get, you're like, oh, there's something definitely wrong here. <laughs> like in Guardian of the Galaxy movie, we don't really know where Rocket comes from, my pilot, but you get a sense that it's sort of nefarious beginnings. Mm-hmm. Same with Amos Burton. He, he hints to have grown up around brothels and slums and around mm-hmm. the sex trade and drug trafficking and stuff like that. So he mm-hmm. comes from the underbelly of Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, on his Wikipedia page, he actually says he comes from Baltimore on Earth. I don't know how crazy Baltimore got in the far, far future. Well, all I know from Baltimore, I learned from The Wire, which almost, wasn't that great to begin yeah, with. I know, right? <laughs> so, Amos is an old school Baltimore type guy. But even better, here's the twist, and it, I buried the lead and it took me long to get to it. But <laughs> Amos Burton is also a sociopath. Oh, like legit sociopath. He. And you want him on your ship? I do, I do. I know. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. I'll try and rationalize it. But he's a sociopath in that he has set himself on a path that he knows is a good path because he says there's three kinds of people in the world. The way I see it, there are three kinds of people in the world, bad ones, ones you follow, and ones you need to protect. So that's his like ultimate worldview. Um, and he's realized that in order for him to be a good person, he has to align himself with good people to follow. But that's as far as his checks go. Once he finds out that he has the, he's on the right path, he accomplishes his goals no matter what and regardless of the consequences. What's interesting about it is that midway through the series, he starts to like have a check on it and realize maybe his brain isn't right. <laughs> um, because they're in, he's part of the crew with Naomi and Holden who are on the Rosinante in the Expanse and they're sort of resistance fighters. They're going between all these political factions and sort of trying to get deals done or get strategies done to try and just resolve the world situation. In, in the process of that, they come across the scientist, the bad guy scientist who's been turning kids into alien super soldiers. Oh, nice. Ooh, creepy. 
not in the past, like Mass <laughs> Effect, but these are experiments that aren't going well, and they're experiments that involve children. This makes Amos go nut, and it makes him realize, like, I, I'm starting to realize that this is wrong, but this doctor's like me. He's doing his experiments, and he doesn't understand the consequences, doesn't seem to suffer any stress or uh, negative effects from it. Turns out that scientist was had his empathy surgically altered, like they did brain surgery, so he would no longer feel empathy, <laughs> so that he could be the scientist in this evil corporation. What's fascinating is Amos becomes infatuated with this because if that is true, if they can surgically alter your empathy to remove it, it could also hold true that they could do surgery to put your empathy back. Mm. And so now Amos, on his standard mission of helping people through space and protecting people and getting people back to their homes is now on a mission to fix his soul and sort of find out he realizes that he's broken and now he's on a quest to figure out the best way to fix himself wow that's super cool it is it's super complex but he's i mean it doesn't stop him from being a badass i mean he'll shoot you if you need to be shot he'll punch you if you need to be punched (laughs) and if you're his friend and somebody messes with you, that person is no longer a problem after about 30 minutes. Guaranteed. (laughs) So Amos is good to have on your side for sure and definitely not good to have against you, but uh, there's a complexity there that he's a misfit, and I think that his story is very, very interesting, so I wanted that story to continue on my ship. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm picking him for engineers. He sounds like Brad Marchand on my Bruins. There you go. So shout out to any nerds that watch hockey. <laughs> They're like, what did he just talk about? Anyway. All the, the Bruins are kicking it. Let's go. <laughs> go Bruins. So uh, that's that's a great pick. Wow, man. You keep talking about this Expanse thing. Are they books too? They are books. There's six of them now. There's. I need to start. Do you have them? I think I do. Okay. I, I should have at least the first two. Okay. I need to borrow them from you. Oh, they're so good. I recommend them to everybody. Any, any sci-fi fans out there, it's good, wholesome sci-fi. All right. My number one pick. Number one. From Firefly slash Serenity. <laughs> yes. One of my favoritest characters ever. This is why Wash isn't flying my ship. Makes sense. K. Wynette Lee Fry. <laughs> Kaylee Fry, played by Jewel State. She's the heart of Serenity. She is indeed. Man, I love this character so much. It's such a Joss Whedon-y character. Yep. But in such a good way. It's a little twist to what... He does. Well, not really. It's kind of the thing that he does where, like in Buffy, how Buffy's this vampire slayer who can take out any vampire in the world, but then a cheerleader. Yeah, also a high school girl. (laughs) So, and the Kaylee is just, she's this naturally talented, terrific mechanic who can fix anything in the whole world. But at the same time, she's got those patches on her overalls with like the teddy bear and stuff (laughs) and just... And she has a, the parasol to protect her right, from the sun. Yep. Right. So, man, I love this series so much. It deserves so much better than it got, but we have we have what we have, yep. and it's great to rewatch. So, what can we say about Kaylee? So, do do you remember how Kaylee was introduced? I in don't. Show? So, <laughs> well, they did a flashback episode where they showed where Mal got everybody. Oh yeah, I remember that episode. Right. So. They were on uh, whatever planet they were on was Kaylee's home planet, and she was like this farm girl. Mm-hmm. And she got together with the original mechanic, who's named Bester. Okay. Of 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 the Serenity. That's awesome. And Mal caught them in the engine room, a la my last picks, <laughs> messing around in the engine room. And 
part of the thing was, was like he's what are you doing messing around with this farm girl this That's right. you got to fix my ship and he's like i he's like he's i can't fix it i don't know what's wrong with it and it's like it's been like a week you you've had to work on it or something yeah and she's like oh i know what's wrong with it and she like she i could tell when i was down <laughs> and she fixes it and then basically mal's like um okay you stay you go yeah and they left bester on the planet where she came from and off she goes it's so fun that's wonderful to have an engineer that can spot problems in their day-to-day routine that's great and solve them just on a whim so not only is she naturally talented can fix everything she's such a cheerful optimist yes there's this quote from mal where he says i don't believe there's a power in the verse that can stop Kaylee being cheerful. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to duct tape her mouth and put her in the hold for a month. <laughs> so. No, Kaylee, you and me. Pos- optimist for life. Let's do it. Positivity. So it's just, uh, man, I just love how she's just so... She has that... She and Mal have that fun dynamic. It's almost like an older brother thing. Yeah. Where And he gets all annoyed that she's is so girly he thinks a mechanic should be serious and yeah down, down to well she's down to get dirty but you know <laughs> should should still be the stereotypical mechanic engineer right. yeah but at the same time she gets all excited when she gets to wear that there's an episode she gets to wear that dress oh, yeah 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 she has that crazy affinity for strawberries she can yeah. be bribed with strawberries and it's just there's so much I just love the positivity oh for sure and the optimism yeah and I want that in the engine room of this ship yep yeah she's also she's she's the character that has the most humanity in firefly too like she's the piece of home you take with you when you go into space you know that remind you of georgia or alabama or the good old fields where you came from yeah for sure and she treats the ship like it's a sentient being oh for sure talks to it yep caresses it yep it's great it's her baby it's It's not her yeah it's not her machine it's her baby gonna take great and man in the movie i believe this was in the movie she has one of the greatest quotes ever in all of sci-fi item, and it's a little PG-13. Yep. <laughs> but it made me laugh so hard, and every time I watch the show, yep. and you know what it is, right? I do. She says, we're on a year now, and I ain't had nothing twixt my nithers and weren't run on batteries. <laughs> and then what does Mal say? Oh, God, I can't know that. Yep. And That's then my what, little sister. And then what does Jane say? I could stand here a little more. Yep. Oh, Jane. Oh, man. Joss Whedon, I love your writing. I love your characters. Great dynamic, great banter. And, you know, this was a thing because we have other picks coming up that, you know, I just burned Firefly here. Yep. And because we have, like, security officer, and, man, Jane would be a great security officer, too. He would. But, hey, man, Kaylee, for me, I want you on my ship. And now I got this young pilot, yep. this 20 nothing pilot, and I got this 20 nothing engine room person. There you go. And I can just imagine them just being best buds when they're when we're on shore leave or whatever. Oh, for sure. And they're just palling around and stuff, and they could have that kind of dynamic. And then when stuff's going, when she, <laughs> when, when Tally's trying to fly, <laughs> I need more power. And just, oh man, just, the, I can just imagine the bickering and the, the banter. The bickering and the banter would oh. be so terrific. That is, that is a great dynamic. Yeah. The, the, the spunky female mechanic is, it comes up a few times in sci fi and it's awesome. And mm-hmm. Kaylee is definitely the best of it. Yep. That's awesome. Definitely. So that is our crew. So Mikey's got the Voyager. Yep. With with a raccoon at the helm. Raccoon at the helm and a sociopath <laughs> in charge of repairing it and shooting people. 
And I, and I got the Normandy SR1, the sleek tactical submarine with two very cute girls on it. There you go. <laughs> That's how we line them up. So next week, we're going to do security officers. Yes. Which I just talked about. Obviously, Jane's not going to be my security officer. But we still have to come up with three picks. We will. So... If you guys want to hit us up, we love hearing from you. You can hit us up on the social medias. Let us know who you want on your crew. We want you to see your crew you're building. Build along with us. You can hit us up uh, at AssumingPod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, You can also Gmail us if you want to send us a big, long email, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Rate, like, and share. Hit us up on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. We love it. It's give us a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up. It really helps us out. So we want to thank some people. We want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. We want to thank Not Scott Productions for providing our equipment. We want to thank Jazzar for doing music. And we want to thank you, most of all, for listening. Time to engineer us a pizza. Yes. Oh, the pizza. Mm, it's here. Yum, yum. Mine's a little easy to remember. The Voyager from Voyager. (laughs) So, pause for teeth cleaning. Clear out the old windpipe.